What is up, EOE community? Here comes, I don't know the real episode number. We've had a few episodes that briefly got some coverage and then went back into the vault because they had some things in there, but episode 30-ish. And this is a really exciting episode for me. Uh, I am so proud to sit with six of our best friends in the world, the eight of us together. All six of these people have just recently become totally debt-free, minus Alex and Lauren's mortgage, which they're working diligently to pay off. And we have some wealth managers and make sure that we steward our money properly. But to be totally consumer debt, student debt, no car loans, everything in their life they own. I'm so excited to have this podcast come at you. But I did wanna preface this with a few things that I've been thinking about. Number one, this this podcast has a lot of great mindset in it, but it is eight best friends hanging out. Uh, it does go a bit long and there are some stories. So if you wanna hang out with eight best friends, you're gonna have a great time and learn about some budgeting and some mindset on how to get debt free and the mindset on money. This would be a great one for you. Next, I did wanna talk about and make sure I made really clear up front that Cal and I and everyone on this podcast, Sean, we all feel that everyone has the right to have their position and their decisions. And my personal stance on consumerism and finance is a bit atypical, um, but we do believe in value-driven finances, value-driven purchasing, realizing that the money that we spend is directly correlated to the time that we're spending to make the money and really we're buying things with our life. I do wanna say though, that whether you drive a McLaren and live in a mansion with a helicopter, we do not think that anybody does, that does anything with their money is right or wrong that people have their choices. Really the point of this, and we wanna make sure is super clear, is that carrying consumer debt does have drawbacks that very often aren't acknowledged or talked about. And generosity is something that's very important to talk about in our lives. So these are all of our views. I am, by the time you're hearing this, in the next few weeks, I'll be finished, I'm close, but I will be officially a certified Dave Ramsey financial coach. Um, so that does give us some ability to talk about some of these different budgeting things on a more, um, I guess a more, I don't know. I can't even think of the word. We're, we're allowed to talk about them. We have a certification is what I'm trying to say. Uh, importantly though, if you've gotten this far, you are a fan of ours and we are so thankful that for your ears, your time and your listening. Sean, don't bust my chops. This will be a 17 minute intro, but we have coming out Drum roll, please. In the next week, by the time you're hearing our next podcast, we plan to launch this either Sunday or Monday, like around the 15th time frame. We got full merch, pop-up shop, one week only. It is gonna be sick. We got Croquet Club logos. We got Matt Lieb on the middle wick at the crock pock. We got a red onion. We got quarter zip-ups. We got hoodies, zip-up hoodies. We got some new t-shirts coming out and we're gonna have some cool stuff. Might be a notebook, might be some secret stuff for those of you who buy some packages. And we're just so excited and thankful for your patronage, for your support of the podcast. It helps to fund all the equipment purchases and all of Jerry, uh, Jerry, aka Jeremiah, um, salary and helping the, his less than minimum wage salary that he does to be our intern and to help and all the stuff that we buy. So we're so excited to launch that. Keep your ears to the ground. Check the EOE page. Please follow us on Instagram. And uh, this, you, you can catch me on live at A Spark Is Born for my live at fives Monday to Friday for any questions or thoughts that might spill over. 
And uh, my audiobook is coming out, the Phoenix Evolution audiobook ad-libbed podcast style. At least 50% or so of that content will be unique from the actual book that will be out on Audible and iTunes. Hopefully in the next 15, 20 days are going through like a certification process. But that's what we're sponsored by today. I hope you learned some stuff. And we're so thankful for you. And we'd love to hear your comments or questions, any resources you want to learn from. Uh, we have a whole bunch of Dave Ramsey resources. I'd love to be able to share with you books, ideas, thoughts. And as a listener, I'd be happy to provide that. Just shoot me a message on the EOE Instagram page. Um, you can find all of our info anywhere you want to find us, to connect with us. And our podcast is currently small enough that I can handle everything one-on-one -on -one with you guys. So we love you. And here's the episode with the Leaves, the Lukes, the Demostenoses, and the Sparks. Whenever you are. Is it been recording? I just started. Okay. No, no. Callan, do it. Say Callan, it again. It. Callan, say it again. We can't start until you go. Callan. Suddenly, your mouth, your mouth start suddenly. Okay. Extraordinary excellence. Are we rolling? Extraordinary excellence. Whoa. Whoa. We got the voice of the beginning song <laughs> wow. of the podcast. Wow. Who did not know that it was Kayla Luke? That was on the intro voice. Everyone raise your hand. Wait a second. Oh, you guys are no, here. No, we, re we really didn't I met know. the people on the I podcast. <laughs> anyway, we are going to... I thought this was going to be a serious podcast. Wait, Callan says she's not going to do the Are We Rolling? She restarted it. She oh, wait, did it. Here's Callan. Oh, I don't think it was loud enough. Oh. Oh, I did it before Kayla did hers. <clears throat> do it now. Come on. Are we rolling? There we go. There we go. Now we're officially ready. <laughs> There we go. Wait, what? Oh, it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> I didn't realize. Anthony and Kay have this ability to, when you're talking to them, they they like kind of like just move their lips like they're talking to you with you. It's like, oh, I can't. You can't see my mouth, but it's like, oh, wow, 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 wow. oh, she doesn't do it anymore. She said. Oh, she let's, doesn't. Let's start with a really important Don't piece of etiquette. If you're talking, you have to be holding a microphone. So if you're talking. Swap around and we'll boom, boom, bing, bang, boom. We got eight boom, people boom, here, guys. This is gonna be a, a doozy. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a rager. No, all the ragers go in the vault. No yeah, one ever hears them. <laughs> Every single time we put a rager out, it's off in the first two hours. Oh man. Anyway, so this is the extraordinary excellence podcast where we believe that extra people doing ordinary things extra becomes people. extra. Extra people. <laughs> I don't even know if that was a mistake yeah, at no, first. No, it was. Or, it was not. <laughs> It was. It was not. It was or was not. It was an on purpose. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, this people. podcast is definitely going to be fun, hopefully going to be informative, and hopefully going to be able to be used. Yeah. It's definitely going to be fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. Everybody here, we are celebrating a very exciting milestone, and we wanted to use this opportunity to talk about some of the things that we've been able to learn, implement, and ideologies we've been able to live out in our life because everybody here is officially debt 
free. Zero consumer debt, zero student loans, zero car payments, zero Cancun all-inclusive trips on your MasterCard, zero. No furniture <laughs> credit cards, no like fake credit cards, zero interest down, nothing. You know what I mean. <laughs> no interest Except, down. No interest down. No principal ever. None of those types of debt. <laughs> some people here have some experience with the no paying the principal, no paying the interest. You know, sure but do. Anyway, um, except mortgages. Me and Callan and Alex and Lauren do hold a mortgage, but we only are continuing to hold a mortgage because our wealth managers have told us it does not make sense to pay off our mortgages as quickly because of the interest rate. So with that being said, though, we are going to be talking today about living debt-free. And I did want to frame out, for anyone that doesn't know, because constantly me and Sean are interviewing different people, and we, and we are just – we're, we love giving this platform to other people and new people to be able to share their story and to talk about different things. But for this podcast, Callan and I, everybody here, Callan and I coach and mentor and work with, and we're all partners in business. And what we are a part of is architecting a mentorship and leadership development program that focuses in three main areas. And to our knowledge, it's unlike anything that we know of out there in the world. Now, there might be something, and God willing, People listen to this and they make some changes and they also do some of the things that we're doing because we don't believe that success is a zero-sum game, that we win so other people lose. Our goal is to positively impact tens of millions of people's lives around the world by giving them the, the understanding, the information, the belief that they can go out and live their God-given destiny. So hopefully there are more, but currently, as far as we know, we're the only one, and we focus in three main areas. We focus in financial stewardship, financial understanding from having, you know, proper people to talk to for wealth management and understanding what to look for, uh, different books you can read, different things on those lines, budgeting, credit repair, stewardship and understanding how to use your money properly, all those areas of proper finance. Because if you spend a million and you make a million, you're technically broker than someone that makes 50000 spends 40000 Most people think the amount of money they make would change their status and change their situation when it's typically the way they spend the money they make. And by typically, I mean always, every single time. <laughs> Secondly, second group, which we're not going to talk about today, but the second part of our mentorship program has to do with being emotionally healthy, healthy relationships, healthy marriages, understanding yourself, working through traumas, working through things in your life, and really being able to have a life of fulfilling, meaningful relationships because it's so easy to succeed financially and lose everything that actually matters. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, I believe that we all agree, hopefully you listening, but I know everyone here believes that relationships, making a difference and making a positive impact is infinitely more important than any amount of money that we can have. Mm -hmm. And all the money in the world is meaningless if we're by ourselves on a private island with no one else that we know because everyone hates us and because we never <laughs> took the time to invest <laughs> in relationships. Third, we tell people to develop assets, which we're not going to talk much about, but everybody here has developed an asset between their, 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 their companies and all their corporations they have. As far as I can tell, I'm fairly certain that everyone here is going to be close to a million dollars of revenue in the year of 2021. Is that accurate? Yep. Based yep. on best on estimates. So. Best on estimates. Best on estimates. <laughs> Did anybody catch that one? <laughs> Sorry, just, just because this is going to have a lot of this content brutal. doesn't mean that it's not going to be a normal Extraordinary Excellence podcast episode. So I feel like you, a gecko swimming in a shark tank. Well, well you're pretty <laughs> you're elusive. I'm elusive. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. Um, but I don't know if Anthony was going to go there, but we have Matt and Megan Lieb here with us today. They also both have their own episodes here. So oh, they're they with us. 
Then we have Alex and Lauren Demostanos. Alex has a, an episode. Lauren said to bug off. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's going to have her own episode soon. You got my wife, Kay, and I. And then we have the amazing couple, Anthony and Callan Spark over here. And Callan's about to say Callan, something. Callan, you said you want to say something. No, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Callan muses us. She does not want to ever speak on the podcast. She actually made it very clear that we, when we started the podcast, she wouldn't be on the podcast. But then here she is. Same with Kay. Uh, yeah, only quasi on the podcast, but Correct. Yeah. Quasi. This is a quascast. Yeah, it is. Is it a quascast? Correct. Whatever Callan says, correct. So, totally. How do you think Quasimodo would respond to that? I don't know, but I will say that um, in the beginning, you told us that no one is allowed to talk over Sean, and then I watched you talk over Sean. So I just wanted to, I just was asking what that was about. <laughs> We're co-hosts. I the entire podcast is me talking over. I'm, Sean. I'm also I'm also not a prima donna. It's not that don't talk over Sean because Sean is like a prima donna. It's Sean can't focus on tw- turning knobs. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning tricks on this Zoom here. Turning tricks on my Zoom recorder and then listen Spin to everybody it, DJ. else. So anyway, okay. Uh, so that's um, with us today, by the way. Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> he just answered before answering. Nobody answered to. Okay, so that's who's with us today. Oh, that is who's with us. What? Yes. yes. What? Yes. Anyway, um, thank you for moving that hair. It would have messed up the sound. Uh, okay. So today we are going to talk about um, paying off debts, uh, money in your life, living debt free, stewardship. We're going to talk about um, what it looks like and the impacts that having debt, having car loans, having credit cards can have in your life. Um, Callan and I, by the time you are listening to this, we, I will be, Callan's doing the course with me, but technically only one person, but I will be a certified Dave Ramsey financial coach that can talk about budgeting, that can talk about helping coach people and understanding how to manage their money, how to steward their money and how to put their, their families in a better position for their future. So anyway, why doesn't everybody, Sean introduced everybody, so you guys all take a stab, but why don't you... Just talk about where you started with, with your understanding of money, your debt situation, good, bad, because there's a varying, very large range here of good to bad. We'll go with the leaves. Okay. <laughs> All right. Matt All right. was so anxious. You saw that from the beginning? <laughs> what? Well, Demo's like giving me a head nod, like, you go, you go. And I'm like, here, babe, you go. And she's like, nope. I'm like, all right, guess it's on me. <laughs> guess I'm going. Um, yeah, finances. I mean, I never learned properly how to, how to deal with finances. I mean, when I... When I got started in mentorship with Anthony and Callan four and a half years ago, I had two cars in repossession, a Nissan 370Z and a Camaro SS for anyone who cares. Those are nice cars. Um, and they're also very expensive and Humble. I could not afford them. Just in case, I did drive nice shit Humble once before, beginners. okay? They were nice. The cars that I had getting repossessed, both of them were both nice in case you were wondering. <laughs> because if they, if they were getting repossessed, they couldn't be anything but nice. All right, that's my story. Demo, you're up. <laughs> Demo should have won first so we could rag on Demo. <laughs> so I had two cars repossessed, um, just disappeared out of my driveway one day. Um, had three cards, three credit cards maxed out. Had all my student loans in default, haven't paid any of them. Um, and I was making good money, but I was making such emotional decisions with my money that I was even late on my rent when my rent was only $900 a month. So just making terrible emotional decisions and spur of the moment decisions and not prioritizing what I needed to do to really move forward financially and yeah yeah and I always when Matt and I got together I would always say to him like you make good money I'm not sure how this is happening I found a way um 
I'm like, where's all this money going? But I, um, White Claw. Apparently. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I studied finance in college. So coming out of college, you would have thought they, they taught you things like, um, how to get out of student loan debt or not have it in the first place and just really financial literacy in general. But that really wasn't the case for me. It was more like theoretics of finances and, you know, economics. Um, so I didn't really come out of college with a whole lot of financial knowledge. I just knew that I didn't want to be in debt and um, I wasn't making a lot of money um, like Matt was. And I was just like struggling to just even make my student loan payments. And um, I, I just knew I wanted to be out of debt. I really didn't um, know how I was ever going to get there because I felt like I was just drowning in it. Um, but I also was making very emotional decisions um, with my money. You know, if it was somebody's birthday, it was like, all right, it's fine to put on a credit card because it's my friend's birthday. Duh. Um, and I'll just take my whole next paycheck and pay off my credit card and then we'll figure out bills after. Um, so it was no wonder that I just kept getting wrapped up in the in the debt cycle because it was just there was no lesson taught to me about behavior of how to steward your money properly and how to live on a budget there was no I was budgeting but not really it was like budget when you don't have any events to go to not ready Um, but budget was a curse word in my house right yeah nobody ever looked at at their finances in my house Mm. so it was definitely a new new thing for us to learn Mm. for sure all right thank you Matt Megan we're gonna go over to the (laughs) Anthony really quick (laughs) Here, hold on. So we don't crisscross all the wires because it's going to get wild up in here. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> all right. So now we're going to go over to Alex and Lauren. If you ever need money, cash, Demo has it in his shoe, underneath his nipple, there's, and underneath his hat. There's three things that you should know. Number one, oh, if you're Cypriot, you're not Greek. You're Cypriot. That's true. Just like if you're Sicilian. Accurate. Yeah, that's true. That's Number true. one. Number two. If you're Greek or Cypriot, you always have between five hundred and two thousand dollars cash on you at any time because your civilization has lost everything so many times. You want to be prepared. That's true. That's and then true. number three, no matter what kind of car you drive, from a 1980 Nissan to a brand new BMW, you always put in 93 octane to every car if you're Greek. <laughs> <laughs> but he's Cypriot. So. Demo has ten grand on the table right here. Just as a joke, I ask Dima all the time, like, what octane? The answer is always 93. 1977 Continental, 93 octane. Moped, 93 octane. <laughs> you should tell Macklemore that one. Oh, my God. That's really funny. And you keep asking me, which is the ironic thing behind that. Cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Dima's going to forget about that next week. You're going to ask him, he's got 93. Oh, my God. That was unreal. So uh, a little bit about our, our background with um, just financially. Um, I had just because of some scholarships with baseball and everything, I was very fortunate in terms of the student loan category where I had very minimal. I had full scholarships all throughout my beginning starting of college, my first few years. And by the time I got injured, it was when I just very minimal amount of student debt. So I didn't really have much coming out of school, which was definitely a blessing. And my parents taught me very young to really always be very conscious of how you're spending your money, what you're doing, 
And I was like that, thank God, from day one. So, you know, as soon as I was old enough to get a credit card, my mom encouraged me because she knew I would make the right decisions. And I was always able to carry that through. One of the things, though, that a lot of people can't always prepare for is even when you're good with your finances, the cost of living of life sometimes you can't avoid in some situations with Lauren's student loan debt that she had, which, you know, she, she'll talk about, but trying to get through and start your life in your early and mid twenties is difficult with the pay that a lot of people are making right now. So even with a minimal amount of debt that we had, it was still difficult yeah. to make those, um, to make the decisions that were going to keep you in the positive, but there were still circumstances that if you weren't so um, particular about what you were doing with your money, it's very easy to lose control. Totally. Uh, very quick. So before uh, you go further, yes. I just reminded me, um, you had talked about your credit history and Demo, I, he added Demo added me and Callan to his credit card. That's how I built my credit history. Cause my credit was so messed up. I was a signer yeah, on Demo's right. credit card. That's so. Amex. Amex. No, Amex. Well, I just took his credit oh. card. Yes, <laughs> that, that was, was accurate. <laughs> that was different. He wanted that five percent discount. Yeah. That's I would what take it was. the credit card and pay him. What? You don't have a microphone. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, you can't pretend to hold a microphone. Your hand doesn't work. I, I, I didn't even see. All right. Anyway, sorry about that. Continu yep. Continue onward and upward. We're so, um, in. what? No. Oh, 16, I think he said. okay. <laughs> I thought you said 60. Oh. I got nervous. <laughs> Me and Demo about a simultaneous heart attack. <laughs> well, I'm like, I stroke out. Where have I been? So I think the craziest thing is, you know, I had the uh, opportunity to meet Anthony Callen 11 years ago and still as good as I was with my money. Because you were, because Laura and I were just kind of living our life and, and trying to build our life together, we naturally incurred some debt that we thankfully were able to pay off after all these years, even doing the right thing. But it took a tremendous amount of discipline, and I was, you know, very thankful that I at least had a foundation to help work my way out of that with the help of Anthony and Cal and, and all the people that were able to guide me properly and to steward my money uh, essentially the right way. Gigi's the spendthrift. Wait till you hear what she spends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the joke. <laughs> um, yeah, I never really uh, had financial problems because I never wanted to deal with money, to be honest. <laughs> you don't so, look at it, there's no problems. Don't spend <laughs> exactly. it, don't use it. <laughs> no problem. Exactly. Um, no, I, I grew up very similar to Alex where I was always taught to well the main thing i was taught to was to not spend a lot of money which i to this day you're very good at <laughs> i still don't spend a lot of money so the joke the joke between alex and i is always like i'm always asking him okay just just let me know if i'm spending too much all right because she just, doesn't even know how to access the bank account I don't. she can't she has no login or pass she has no idea what it is <laughs> no i don't want to know um so, so that's why we go really well together because I don't want to handle finances, but, but no, I, in all seriousness, I, I was always taught to, to, um, I never like handled my finances to be honest, which is why when Alex and I got together, I was like, okay, here is my, here are my finances. <laughs> Can you please help me handle? <laughs> but I was always, I was always taught to make smart decisions. So I, I do for you. <laughs> 
What is Siri doing I for you? Siri, Siri does their budget. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it wasn't me? It was, actually. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, from a young age, I was, you know, I always made my own money, but, you know, my parents supported me a lot as well. But I, they always taught me to make smart financial decisions. So, you know, to this day, like every purchase I make, everything that I buy, I, I always think about it before I do it. And that was just the way that I was raised. So, and the bulk of your debt came from school, yeah. which was so getting my, your doctorate. And yeah, my, my debt came from my student loans, um, which I went to school and got my doctorate in physical therapy. So, you know, over the years and I went to a private school. So obviously I was going to have some some student loans. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. Nice. <laughs> Good times. Good times. That was That's an interesting Mostenos family. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here comes. Kaylee, you're up. Why? Ask me what? Here it comes. Here it comes. You. You? What? <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> here's here's the Luke's. <laughs> really, Kayla. Luke. I'm having a fun time. I am. I'm having a good. <laughs> <laughs> Sean keeps talking without a mic, so Matt should give Sean the mic. So, so, Mike's whole. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna give Sean the mic because he keeps talking because about the mic. I keep putting a mic on his face. The, and it's really the, funny. The podcast. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it over here. Perfect. Um, yeah, just go ahead now. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Kayla Luke here. Are you gonna jump in too, honey? You, you just go. Okay. So, yeah, um, kind of similar to Alex and Lauren a bit, and a, a kind of opposite from Matt and, and Megan. For where we started, it, it's not that I made irresponsible emotional decisions with money. It's almost kind of like you start out in a deficit because it is so expensive to live on Long Island and to get ahead. And I never made a ton of money. So it always had felt like regardless of the amount of money that you were making, it just was never enough to cover what you needed it to cover. And so while I was, other than my school loan, so I went to a private school. I went to uh, St. Joseph's. Um, for teaching, so that was a large chunk of debt of mine. When Sean and I got together, our relationship was so whirlwind that four months into us dating, we decided to combine all of our finances. That, that, that's, that's if it was four months. I think it might have been four weeks. It could have been. Yeah. It could have it been. But Sean had incurred some debt from going away from the military, and so his debt became my debt. Um, and it was kind of a roller coaster where as much as we wanted to pay it off, we just weren't making enough to get ahead. And there were some decisions that we were making along the way where we were trying to invest and we were trying to get ahead and we were trying to figure out how to move forward, but then your car engine goes. <laughs> and then your car engine goes again. Yeah. And then you don't have, you can't figure out, you know, where you, you want to live full time because the rent is too expensive. And then you, you, need, you need certain things to live, but... You, don't, you haven't built, been able to build up enough of a cash reservoir to be able to live properly because you weren't taught to save the cash that you were making. And so even though Sean and I started in one place, accrued lots of debt, and then consistently tried to you know, pay it off, at, in, on the onset, it felt in a lot of ways that it was like, not only can we not pay it off, but we're accruing more and more and more because mm -hmm. we haven't been able to out-earn the problem yet. Yep. And the biggest lesson for us is we, you need to figure out how to out-earn the problem enough so that you can pay off the debt, so that you can get ahead and do what you need to do. I think, what was the total amount of money that we've had when it was our highest amount of debt, including our wedding, hon? With our we wedding? Yeah, with our wedding. What was the total amount of college debt, car debt, 
almost two hundred thousand with the wedding. Debt. Yeah, and then we paid for just, a fifty thousand dollar wedding. I think like a few thousand under two hundred. So you guys paid off about two hundred thousand dollars of debt. Yeah. How much did the demos pay off? Uh, we paid off about one thirty. And the Libyans. Drum roll. Two fifty five. They take the cake. Oh, good job. <laughs> you need a mic. You didn't, but you paid it all didn't off. send you your cake. <laughs> for being the most in debt, and we did get a cake for it. <laughs> you can have your um, cake and eat it too. Yeah, a uh, little like so. Right before I was going away, um, Kay and I had just just met, and I was spending a lot of money on credit cards because I'm like, yeah, I don't really need to worry about it. I never had to worry about money um, because I made so much, and I was living at home in my early 20s. Like, there came a point in time where my parents needed money because they were going to lose the house, so I gave them ten thousand dollars because I just had the money, and I would buy cars cash. I remember buying my first F one fifty pickup truck. I just took twenty six thousand dollars. And put it and bought a car with America to the bank. America, <laughs> America, for for built up or found on the side of the road with the hood open. That's what they always joke around with. But I used to do those things, and because I just I had enough money and never had to worry about it. And then when I left, I racked up my credit cards and I, I got them pretty much almost maxed out, probably. And then when I, think I was they away, were maxed. Almost. <laughs> I think they were. There was there was fifty cents left on one. A Home Depot credit I card. I get a hamburger on this cents. one. <laughs> the men's warehouse was. Oh, you know, <laughs> I was the worst. It, well, Sean was not wearing men's warehouse in 2014. I'll tell you that much. Sean it was, was barely looking like a man. He was looking like a hillbilly. I think I put I I bought your first suit Sean on my you Discover on credit card. Yeah. Kay bought my first suit on her Discover card. More debt. Discover <laughs> credit card. Um, but um, so when I came back, I, I left my finances in charge with uh, with a buddy while I was away, and it was for my Silverado at this time because I took a loan out for that one, and it was three months of no payments plus the month that I missed before I left because I was I forgot about everything, so four months of not paying uh, a five hundred eighty dollar car payment, they decided that they're going to repossess your car, so we were automatic we automatically when I got home we started really dating. I automatically had to come up with like twenty eight hundred dollars or something around the, that, those lines that Anthony had helped me with, and then um, after that we got into more debt because we, there were certain things that we needed. To do. We believed in making an investment um, into our future, and we had no money to do the investment, so we did put it on uh, on a credit card for a time being, but with the anticipation that that we're not going to just frivolously spend on our credit cards and we're going to pay this off. And now here we are. Last two and a half, three years, it's been about, since our wedding, almost $200,000. That's awesome. So we got, I think we said it was about $600,000. Yeah, $600,000 of debt paid off. So um, I have to figure out our number. But I was just going to ask what your number was. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I mean, Callan had about $100,000 of student loans. I mean, we had the key at one point. So I, I'm not sure. Let's call it 130 I guess. Total. I mean, at some point we probably had. I mean, I'm not. I'm not really sure exactly, but let's call it 7:30 now. But making her debut on the podcast to talk about her experience growing up with money <laughs> is Miss Callan Still Davis. One day to be Spark. <laughs> I think it's. Oh, hang on. I'm switching. Okay. There we go. Um. Yeah. Probably always Davis, though, at this oh, point. It's been eight well, years. Like, I'm probably What do I have to do it. to make you commit to me? <laughs> um, that's a joke, everyone that's listening. Yeah, that's a joke. But not the part about keeping my name. That part. Oh! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, growing up, my parents always worked really hard. Um, I had a similar background, I think, to, to Lauren, and we've talked about that um, a bunch. But 
Um, you know, I never really thought about money um, growing up and my parents both worked really hard and uh, going into college, everyone I knew had student loans. I didn't think twice about it. Um, I honestly saw nothing wrong with it. It was like, that's how everyone paid for school in my world. That's, I didn't really realize that there was an option to not take those <laughs> out. Like I just thought like that's what you did when you went to college um, because everyone I knew did that. And so it wasn't until Anthony and I um, started dating and were together that he um, brought it to my attention that, you know, having the amount of student loans I had was a lot and kind of asked me what my game plan was for paying it back. And I honestly had never considered it. And yeah, it was just interesting to, to think about money from that perspective and then getting together with Anthony, similar to what Lauren had said, like, I didn't really care about money. Like I didn't really get stressed about it. Like it wasn't like I had so much that I, I had the um, ability to not be stressed about it. I just did not care. Like money was not something I cared about. Um, I didn't care if it, if I, if it came in or it didn't come in. Are, are you trying to show me something? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're staring at me with your notepad. Anthony's on. Sean's so distracting. A picture. Like you need to give me a message. Sean's taking a picture. <laughs> I felt like you were like Darian bringing the water bottle. <laughs> um, <The> belly bottle. <laughs> belly, <laughs> belly butt nugs. Yeah. Sorry, oh, <clears throat> I have to edit my coughing out. You but, can't edit it. Oh, you can't. Okay, <laughs> it's in there for life. That was me that coughed. It wasn't. Um, Colin. it was both. And what was the last thing I said? You were talking. I'm not sure. You didn't really care much about oh, money. Right. Ah, nice. Didn't care. Um, didn't care if I made more. Didn't care if I made less. It kind of just was like irrelevant. I just. I don't know. I just felt like things would always get paid off, and things would always kind of work out, and it wasn't something I spent a lot of time being concerned with, and. You know, until Anthony and I were together, similar to what Kayla and Sean said, we also combined finances very rapidly into our relationship. That's true. Um, it was for the best because similar to Lauren, I barely knew how to, I can access the bank account, but it's not really something I utilize often. Um, but yeah, and, and just learning more about it because I think sometimes it can be frustrating as a partner that doesn't handle finances um, because you don't understand why why budgeting is so important. So I, I think that's the biggest thing that I can speak about is understanding. And even if you're not the person that's like primarily handling paying the bills or, or doing any of that stuff, like having some base understanding of like why the budget's important and um, why you need to stay on track and why if you spend extra on gifts in a certain month that it, it needs to come from somewhere. There's not just like magic money that shows right. up to keep paying for the gifts, which in my world, I thought there was. I thought I could just keep spending Go ahead. <laughs> no. Wow. Um, I just would spend because I felt like, well, gifts are important. People are important. So, you know, it doesn't matter if there's a month where there's like 16 weddings and five babies. Like, I'm going to buy these people gifts. And it's an expensive wedding. <laughs> I mean, expensive month. Sorry. <laughs> Callan also was of the school that like, you know, the, the gift amount needed to be maximum. Because no. a twenty or thirty dollar gift was not okay. Well, yeah, I agree with that. A twenty or thirty dollar gift you for can, a wedding or a baby? You're right. It's twenty dollars for a wedding. Is... Well, whatever it is, <laughs> not at the wedding. <laughs> hey, hey, here's here's twenty dollars to cover Matt. my plate. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> what is this, Ohika Castle? Here's twenty dollars. Backyard wedding. Matt, we can't hear you. That the sound's being blocked by the middle wicket. <laughs> and a coo- and, and, and a coupon Yo, for the Olive wait, Garden. I think we should talk about the last three times we played. Oh, no, we should not. Gosh. No, we should not. Wait till you see the T-shirts. Oh my. You better have me at the end winning. Oh every my time. gosh, that's funny. You're always in the middle wicket. Okay, continue, Kelly. Did you want to add something to this? 
No, I don't want to add. I'm re- are you done? I, I have something to segue, but not add. Okay, no, I'll just finish then. Um, yeah, so just having an understanding of like why the budget matters and, and really just getting on the same page so yeah. that it's not like a frustrating like point of mm. contention every single month of mm. like, oh, well, like you get to spend money on whatever you want because typically the person doing the budget has the understanding of why the money yes. can get spent or can't mm. get spent. Yes. Um, so just getting on the same page has eliminated a lot of the arguments about like, okay, fine, like you always spend money and you never let me spend money. Like it, it isn't really about that. It's, it's strictly a numbers thing. And when you understand the numbers on paper, then there's not really a conversation to be had because the money 100% needs to come from somewhere. So. That was the best part. Get the timestamp, Sean. That was the best part of the podcast 30. so far. Uh, write it somewhere, please. Uh, yeah, it's okay. You don't need to write it. Callan making her debut on the uh, on the whatever those things are we call audiograms. So two things I wanted you to speak into. First off, Callan touched on the topic that's important for everyone that's listening, and I wanted to give everybody a little bit of context to kind of hear where people start. I mean, because very often people think that like suddenly one day like they have like a windfall and they win the lottery or something and suddenly they're debt free when that's just mm. not the case. That's not how it works. But one concept I want to start with and talk about from there is the spender versus the saver dynamic mm. in the in the relationship. And Callan, I wanted you to talk about the change. I know you read a book that we both read a book called Retire Inspired by Chris Hogan. Awesome book. Um, it's a, he's one of the Dave Ramsey leading coaches. That was a really big mindset shift for you because in this spender saver dynamic i find what happens is the savers in charge of the budget and chooses to make a purchase of a certain amount and then the spender thinks that now they have the same amount of money to spend again (laughs) as if there's like double and triple amounts of money so getting on the same page in a relationship even if somebody is not managing the budget in a relationship it is absolutely imperative, vital, and, and non-negotiable on a monthly basis that if your household is not deciding where your money's going ahead of time, if you are not in charge and looking together at what am I doing with my money and what are the values that we are going to live in practical reality with money ahead of time, it becomes an issue. So anyway, Matt, I know I chopped holes in my in my table with my points. You and no. Kayla both with the table, like I was, was I doing hard. that? Was I was I just making even fun of Kayla across the table. Yes. It's, it's brutal in here. Anyway, um, if you could talk about that mindset shift, I think that would be super helpful because I know I, obviously I'm the saver and I'm the net spender sometimes, but I'm the budgeter and you're not the budgeter. So. Yeah, yeah. I think you might be, might be both, both things. <laughs> I think Kayla is also both things. But Soon as I, I, have a, that, I have a comment about that. Yes, I am both, but I have a comment about that after thank you're you, done. Thank you, Kayla. Yes. Thank you for saving me. Unbelievable. Well, let's change it, though. The budgeter and the free spirit. Let's call it that. Okay. I don't think I'm either of those either, but uh, I'll try to extrapolate out. I'll try to extrapolate I'm breaking Sean's ear. Sorry. Um, it's as cold as Breer's. Yeah, it, I'm just going to pretend I don't hear you. It's <laughs> a good idea. Sounds like a normal day. <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest thing that I learned from the book was two things. One was really understanding, because a lot of times, for me and for I think a lot of people, the small spending doesn't feel like a big deal. Like it, the, the Starbucks coffee, because it's pumpkin season, and the 
like extra massage at the nail place and like the little things that aren't a huge expense don't feel like a big deal. And so I never considered what that looks like compounded. Like what if I had saved that money? So the big thing that in that book that I learned was like him talking about like those little small things. And like, if you had put that money into an investment, what that looks like in 20, 30, 50 years, um, which really was like made my, uh, made me change my mind about a lot of the little things that I was spending. And the second thing was the concept of trying to keep up with, like the Joneses or keep up Mm -hmm. with everyone on Instagram and all these things. Like, you know, I, I often say to, um, people getting married now. And I said this to Kayla when she was getting married, that I'm grateful that we got married eight years ago and that I planned my wedding really like nine years ago. Um, because there wasn't all these like Facebook groups and Instagram pages of like people trying to one up each other. And I'm so grateful because it really just like causes so much anxiety and, like this feeling of like always needing more. Cause like, as soon as you buy the next thing, it's like something new or better is out. So the ability to kind of just break away from that and just actively decide that you're not going to participate. And that's not like to say that you can't buy anything, but what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that's not to say that you can't do anything and not spend ever. Um, but it's just like making the smarter choices and like, you know, being like for us, like we have two young kids, they're two and a half and, um, you know, buying things secondhand because they grow out of it so quickly that I can buy something that I absolutely love for a fraction of the price and then they're going to grow out of it and I can give it away or I can donate it and, and making those small choices rather than buying the new thing, the new jacket for them or the new whatever for $50. And I'm like, this is more than my jacket. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> Um, has made a really big difference. So, yeah, I'll say one thing, and then everybody can kind of bounce off that. Is I find a lot of people they we're all used to doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. and what happens is you have wants and you have needs, and at a certain point in all of our lives, we're eating ramen noodles, sitting on a plastic garden chair in a dorm room with seven people and one bathroom, right? So we're all in that place at one point, and then you get furniture, and then you get more money for food and then maybe you don't have to have seven people in the same bathroom but what happens is it's a it's a euphemism but i I legit i'm like i didn't go to college like it's a euphemism hello but then it's a euphemism but regardless we all start at this place where we don't have a lot of money for the most people unless you're rockefeller or something most of the people here i'm going to say had some portion of their portion of their life doing that but what happens is your wants then are filled, but very shortly after your wants being filled, it becomes needs. And then your wants are now your needs. And then the thing that you thought you mm-hmm. wanted, now it, it's a baseline necessity. So now you have to get your nails done. You have to get your hair done. You have to get a massage. You have to have a new car. You have to get a car wash every week. Now you have to get a, a car wash package. You have to Teflon wax it. And all these things become have-tos. Every single thing. You're talking about Teflon wax. You are literally have a, a, a Frisker's full scissor cutting your nail in the middle of our podcast. <laughs> Don't true. worry about my Teflon car wash. I have a hangnail. <laughs> um, but anyway, so being a, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. And I yes. often find here are some these are some shots fired. There are probably a large portion of people that listen to this podcast that have a more expensive car, more expensive mm. clothes, and spend more money on a monthly basis. And Cal and I's income is, in some cases, greater. 
So it's not about how much we're making, it's how we're stewarding it. How much are you giving? How much are you investing? And what kind of a financial future are you building? Because every time you buy snow pants and a jacket for five bucks, rather than a hundred, that's $95 more, $95 more. And I think Phoenix and Pierce are going to be much happier rather than a brand name jacket and a brand name, brand new thing, which by the way is not for the kids. It's for your self image. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Just like a pony and a giraffe at a first, a one-year-old's party. Yep. The one year it's not for, it's that's for you, not for the one-year-old. But I think they're going to be much happier with the ability to have the financial foundation in the future because of those choices. So anyway, everybody kind of roll. Yeah. So I wrote this down actually when Demo and Kayla were talking about cost of living because I believe that I agree cost of living is high, especially on Long Island. But at the same time, like Anthony Collins just talked about, you don't have to live with all of the greatest things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dave Ramsey teaches specifically that your house payment should should not be more than twenty five percent of your take home pay. And we do budgets with people that their house payment's seventy five percent of their take home pay or fifty percent of their take home pay. And Dave Ramsey just says you're house poor. And you know, just to put it in perspective, like. I used to be that person. So you can change that. You can make those changes. It's just a mindset switch of, I don't need to keep up with the Joneses anymore. I don't need to look cool because like Anthony said, you just have a low self image and, and it's just something to compare yourself with other people. So right now, I mean, our rent right now is 12 to 13% of our take home pay. So we could afford a much bigger home, a much bigger house, but we're choosing to live frugally, to live conservatively now so that in the future, we have millions of dollars invested. We have ultimate security. We could buy whatever house and car we want. And I just wanted to add that because I feel like so many people are house poor. They're car poor. They're paying car payments. They're paying house payments that they shouldn't. And sometimes blame it on cost of living when they should really downsize. Totally. I think for Sean and I, too, in regards to the, the saver and the, the spender, the, all of our fights in the beginning of our relationship were finance driven. It's because we just could not get on the same page of what we should spend on, what we should save on, and how we should be stewarding our money properly. Looking back on it, I'm so thankful that we went through the ups and downs because I think our financial literacy together as a unit in a married couple is so much stronger because we've taken the time to go over it and go over it again and go over it again. Um, but it has been such a journey because we there was so much judgments. and. With finances, I think that there's a lot of judgment. Well, why do you spend money like this? And why do you save it like that? And why are you trying to control me? But until we took the time to be diligent about going over it, and like Anthony had said, talk about what the values of the Luke household is, we couldn't effectively move forward. Mm -hmm. And to put into perspective, Sean and I got married in, in 2018. And how many months? I think maybe a, the year leading up to that, for two entire years, we probably didn't have to, but we chose to move back in to Sean's dad's house to live in his childhood bedroom to be able to get ahead and be able to make the types of decisions now that we can because we sacrificed for two years and lived, like Matt was saying, somewhere way, way less than we could afford, but we were willing to make that kind of a decision because at that point, we had finally figured out together what our values were, how we wanted to live properly together, and how to make decisions together, so... Yeah, it was it was January of 2018, right before okay. our wedding, we moved in, because they bought the house in February, so we moved in there. But then after we got married, as badly as I wanted to move out, and you know, talking yeah. to Anthony and Cal and, and things like that, we just we waited. And now, granted, we moved back in. We moved from a wild bottom basement <laughs> apartment that one day we'll talk about. Um, not the house was wild. That was fun. We lived with Anthony and Callan, the house that they were renting, but there was something wild in the basement. But, um, 
we moved in with my dad and I was 30 years old at that time. And it was like a really big gut mm. punch because I said, once we moved out, we're never going back. And then we moved back in. And because we did that and we had some like a lot of growth in our in our business um, the last like six, seven months, we accelerated our debt payoff six months. And we, you know, we were because yep. of the, because we made the, those decisions a year and a half ago, two years ago that weren't comfortable with moving back in, living in a childhood bedroom, which sucks. And, you know, hopefully nobody has to do that. But then also focusing our efforts in our business and different areas and being a good steward that was able that that led us to be able to pay off our debt that much sooner. And also one of the things that Kay and I used to get into an argument about is um, is giving, you know, Kay and I, we had a very different view on it. um, But we I do believe that everybody should be a giver, um, you know, whether it's with your church or it's giving to a local charity. Obviously, you got to be f- smart with your financial decisions when you're giving away. But one, your tithe is your tithe. That doesn't change. But then also giving to the different um, things that you believe in and trust in. Like Callan, I think, has a new thing. It's a charity that she does every single month. But they've put themselves in a position to give freely and as much as possible. So what did you want to add? No. Do you want to schmad? <laughs> no schmadding either. So, and one thing that I wanted to uh, add on, like when you bring up that keeping up with the Joneses, right? And I think that's more of a free thinking mentality. And I think more people, they, they need to adopt that, that free thinking mentality. And so I'm 33 and the first time that we ever bought a new piece of furniture for a house was when we were, when I was 31, I finally bought a bed. And our whole time while we were building our life together, Lauren and I, we were building our company. We were go like we were going from, you know, living separate to living together to having an apartment and renting. And we always had, like Cal was saying, secondhand stuff. And you know, for us, it was. I knew that I would rather pay cash for something that I could afford now, as opposed to putting it on a card. And it could still look nice. And I wasn't really all, all that concerned, honestly, of what other people thought. And, I, you know, Matt, you, you, I just did a quick calculation because I love numbers too. It's like um, our, our house, our basically in that category, it's only 8.5% of our income because when we actually made the decision to purchase our house. The what are you guys doing? Your mortgage? I'll figure mine out. What are you guys doing? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take home pay. Take home pay. So the only reason why we purchased our home and we pulled the trigger was because it was going to produce rental income. Otherwise, we would not have made that uh, that investment at that point in our lives when we did because we wanted to be having something that was going to yield, be yielding a return yeah. um, that we weren't just dumping money into. And that's just we've set up our whole life since we've been together for the last 14 years of getting to a point where you know, hey, it just, it, it wasn't a concern ever about money because I think that's the worst thing. As we made more money, our lifestyle didn't, like, we didn't buy more expensive cars. We didn't, you know, we made more money and we stayed where we were in terms of our finances. You know what increased was my weekly deposit into my savings account. That's so, what I'm talking about. So I grew my weekly deposit and it was always, I had an automatic deposit every single week. And I actually, my goal was to see that number grow as opposed to the number on my credit card statement because it made just, it made me feel more secure that I was going to be able to provide for my family. So that doesn't even count the Greek deposit, which is the, the, the whole drawer filled with cash. 
<laughs> Wait, in all seriousness, he does put his cash in his drawer. I know. <laughs> I live with him. Yes. <laughs> Zima, what's your address again? <laughs> he wait, wait, hold on. He he saves <laughs> he saves all of his fives and his wait, fives and I save singles. all of my fives and all of my singles. And he makes me well, up until recently, he would make me go to the bank with all of these fives and singles to deposit them <laughs> by myself. Lauren, what's your side job? Gigi's a dancer. <laughs> Lauren would get mad at me because like we'd have our cleaning lady come over and I had all this cash I'd be around. Nervous, She'd like, be nervous, like <laughs> you know. He'd have it in like a shoebox. I'm like, you can't put it anywhere else. Like, <laughs> didn't you hear what happened to the Greek dynasty three times? Um, but ju- just to add to what Alex was saying and and what I was saying before, like, you know, one of the biggest reasons too that I didn't feel the need to look at our finances was because I trusted Alex. So that's a big one. Uh, you know, I was actually talking about this with my mom today about, you know, people getting married and, and how everyone wants to have the engagement party, the wedding and get engaged and do all these fun things. Um, but before that, they don't want to they don't want to get on the same page in terms of their finances. I think that's one of the biggest things that we were on the same page about what were our finances when you're sharing your life with someone. Um, if you're not on the same page, like I, I don't need to look at my bank accounts to make sure my husband's not, you know, gambling our money away so or, true. you know, doing things like that. So mm-hmm. I didn't feel the need to look at it because I trusted that he would guide us in the right direction. Um, and I, you know, and I knew what I had to do in terms of my role of, you know, being on board with the budget and not spending in certain areas, like he said, um, you know, we, we have two young kids too, and we don't, we don't have enough bedrooms in our house right now because we have an apartment that we rent out. So like before we just had our daughter, you know, six weeks ago and everyone was like, Oh, are you, are you making a nursery this and that? And yeah, I would have loved to make a little girl's nursery because we have a boy, a four-year-old boy. Um, but that, wasn't in the grand scheme of things that wasn't important so she stays in our room right now i know matt and megan did that for yeah. a long time too oh, yes. <laughs> for a while we joked i was like we'll just stick her in the closet for a little while you know <laughs> small human small room yeah. <laughs> don't need much um yeah i just wanted to add on to the the um the train the train the freight train um no i was actually talking to somebody the other day about um because i know everybody was talking about um, being the spender and the saver and those different things. And I think it's so funny to look back at... Why are you laughing? He's laughing himself. Oh. <laughs> Usually he has a thought that pertains to what I'm saying and he laughs, so... I was, ma- I was making a joke. I just laughed at a joke in my head that I didn't share with anyone. Yeah. But I was making Happens a joke often, in my head. everybody. And I then I'm fun. like, did, what ha- did I miss something? I made, like, I made fun of Megan for being the spender when she's a saver, but I did in my head and no one understood it because I didn't say it. So I'm weird. I still don't I'm, understand it. Thanks for not sharing. I don't either. It. Can we delete that? <laughs> 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 Exit out, Sean. Exit that out. That was coherent. <laughs> um, <laughs> Crazy thoughts. Um, just like, well, Matt was the person that would. He's he is involved in the budget, but I mainly do the budget, and he likes nice things. So his one Same purchase Matt. would be like a thousand dollars. We're on I, our way here. I'm like, can I get a Peloton? Oh God. I'm like, I'm it's like, only nineteen hundred dollars. All right. She's uh, like, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but so he was that person. But um, so getting on the same page with us, it was like, why are you trying to control me? Why, you know, why are you getting an alert every time I buy a Dunkin' Donuts coffee? And he hated the process so of just understanding like how the little things add up, like Cal was talking about. Um, 
but that's what not what I was going to say. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about where your ideologies come from Ooh, in your parents. Get them. And get them, Megan. I was talking about how my both of my parents grew up in not totally poor situations, but definitely not in the middle class, like kind of in the, in between like lower class and middle class. And they never really had extra things. They never did like fancy vacations. They didn't do a lot of those things. So when they came into a relationship together as a marriage, my parents, they both came from a similar background, but they both acted very differently in the way that they wanted their kids not to have that life. So my mom, because she grew up without a lot of things, would say, I don't care if I have to put it on a credit card. I want my kids to have a different life and just acted in a very different way and, and um, brought on different behaviors. Whereas my dad had the same gr- upbringing, but said, we don't have the money for that. We can't afford that, um, which caused them because they weren't on the same page. It caused a lot of strife in their relationship. But I just think it's so funny how they came from very similar situations, but had totally different behaviors that created very different results. Um, but not being on the same page in your relationship is huge, I think, for so many people. Um, and I, I, we talk to so many people now um, that are married and they're like, yeah, we just don't want to put our finances together. And, and like you were saying, it, it's such a vital thing for, for us and our relationship to be on the same page because like Lauren was saying, just trusting each other and knowing um, that we're a team, we're a unit. And we're moving forward together um, has been the biggest thing. But yeah, if your finances are separate, what else is separate? You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, and I'm not here to judge if someone's stuff is separate. And I, I, I don't know everything, but I, I've never found that to be a positive mm-hmm. point in a relationship. I've yeah. never found that to be like, yeah, we've built a relationship. This is the strongest part. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? But anyway, um, a few things to mention. Very often people end up in debt because of prior bad decisions or prior mismanagement of their money. And there's two stages. And the first stage, most never do. The second stage, even rarer. So the first step, if you're in debt right now, it's the catching up from behind. It's, you're not at zero, you're at negative number. Right. So it's getting to zero. And it's very difficult to realize that you already spent the money that you should have had now last year, last five years, last 10 years, and you're going to need to even the scales somehow. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. When you get to the debt paid off, it's a very big difference catching up from behind versus then continuing yes. when you can mm-hmm. to get ahead. 100%. It's a totally right. different mindset. Yep. And that's where a lot of times I find people miss it yep. right because they, they they can get well yeah well yeah i can't afford it. i did my numbers like 5.2 percent for the house but nice. I, I just redid our numbers it was 4.2 percent <laughs> well that's really good that you bring that up because that was a point i was going to talk about which is <laughs> um anyway i am going to throw this to you guys because i know you guys will be able to speak in this and help a lot of people but and that's separate but getting ahead is vitally important and let's transition into something else I'm gonna throw some shots I'm gonna have some people talking to it I think Matt and Megan would be really great to start with this one. Oh boy very often our money is a reflection of our ideas our self-image and how we want to be seen <laughs> Matt you look so excited about Matt this just point. rolled his eyes and looked at the ceiling I and gave the <laughs> microphone to Megan it's gonna, be, a so it's gonna be so good I am seeing a trend and it's not new. It's not like a new situation. It's just being accentuated. What do you have a pocket full of cookies? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I have never. She's like a squirrel. She just like she's a. She has an oatmeal cookie. Places. Where did you get the oatmeal cookie? She I, always has snacks. I feel like I am doing a podcast in Vietnam. Okay. Anyway, so um, very often the way we spend is an extension of how we want to be seen. It's it's performance driven, ego driven. Uh, reputation driven how we want to be seen so by the way when you buy a product and this is an important thing to think about again it's not right or wrong but this is just psychology 101 for you to understand when you buy a product there's one category of product that is the most expensive highest margin best business to be into because there is a product type that people buy because it costs more. It's called luxury brands. They are not, in almost every case, better, better manufactured, better materials. What they really are is socially signaling to everyone else that I have so much money I can waste so that true. I'm better than you. So true. Or I'm more advanced than you, or I'm higher on a hierarchy than you. Or it's saying, hey, I feel good in this, or it's part of who I am. And it could be positive or negative. I'm not here to judge it either way. But what... I, I think is a challenge for people is people struggle with intangibles versus tangibles. You can see someone with the money and the jet and the car and the Prada and this and that and the other things. I don't hate on Prada. It just happened to be the one that I said. Don't sue me Prada and whatever you like is fine for you. But next to your, next to your brands and all your designer items, show me your investment account and your giving statement. Show me where you're giving and what you're doing and the impact that you're making with that money. What is the life you're setting up for your future family? So I know that there's been a lot of people here that have spent money in different ways and, and done this, myself included. We've all done that. Can you speak into that transition? And for someone that's like, yeah, but I want that stuff, and not that they can't have it, but talk about the other end, the side of temperance versus the side of excess, of the blessings and the, the positives of not buying it versus buying it. You can start, honey. No, I think this is good for you to start. Oh, I didn't realize this would turn to a therapy session, but um, <laughs> here we are. I'm out. Bill? Yeah, let's call Bill Hoffman. Wrong pillow. We're on the finances pillow. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it started from childhood. I mean, for me, you know, anytime we would go, so I I grew up with a lot of relatives who have a lot of money. You know, three of my uncles make around a million dollars a year they all have really nice houses they have really nice cars and i grew up in the, i don't know if anyone can relate but i grew up in the family that didn't have a ton of money but went to all the people's houses for holidays that had a lot of money so for me it was like oh you're successful you're better if you have a lot of money you're better as a human being if you have a nicer house a nicer car um and that's just not true and i had to come to that realization that your materialism doesn't go with you when you die like you die when you come into the world with nothing you leave when you with nothing and so many people put their value in what they have that they lose themselves and i definitely lost myself in that i put myself in terrible financial decision uh positions because of it and i still it's still a root of mine that i'm digging out like i still like nice things i still want nice things we're talking about getting a new car and obviously now following dave ramsey's principles and what anthony Kahn have taught us we only buy things cash now so we're looking at new cars um almost said something wild but 
I almost said because we're having a new addition to the family. I guess I'll just say it here. Um, Ready your first, everyone. We have, hey, a, we have another. Four. Yep. Everyone found it out here. So if you listen to your podcast, <laughs> you're finding you out information early. Um, so we have another new addition to the family coming, and we need a bigger car. Um, but right now, I'm driving a 2003 Ford Escape, and it is just a hideous car. It is two-tone. It is gold and rust. And it just, I just don't like it. And I want a new car. Every day, we're told Every day how he doesn't like but it. I under, but I'm delayed gratifying. And I feel like a lot of people confuse delayed gratifying. When they have debt, they're like, I'm delayed gratifying. I'm not getting anything. It doesn't count as delayed gratification until you have no debt and you can actually afford it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Because a lot yes. of people are like, oh, well, I didn't get the big screen TV. Well, what do you mean? You didn't put it on your Best Buy credit card. That's not delayed gratifying. You That's just be being smart. Anyway. <laughs> That's just not being stupid. Um, so I'm driving that vehicle temporarily and we're looking at, you know, a used Toyota Highlander, maybe a Santa Fe, and we're going to buy it cash. But in the past, I tell Megan this all the time. I'm like, with the amount of money left over, I'm sure Dean will calculate and Anthony as well, how much they have left over each month as well. But for the amount of money we have left over a month, I walked into an Audi dealership. I'm like, I could lease like 10 of these right now. And just choosing not to do that. It, it's just, it's such a liberating feeling like, wow, like, we're being smart. We're saving thousands and thousands of dollars a month. We're investing for the future. We're doing right, what's right for our baby. And we are going to have nice things when we could afford them and, and we could just do it the right way. Um, but 100% losing yourself in materialism and, and thinking you're better than someone else just because of what you have, it's just a really slippery slope because there's always going to be someone out there that could afford more than you could afford. And if you're always comparing yourself to someone else, you're always going to be in second place. Yeah, and sorry. No, don't be sorry. You go. Okay. Um, and I so think. So good. Yeah, that was so good. So good. Nice. So good. Nice. It's all, it was only for you guys. Um, and everyone on this podcast. Yep. Well, now you know. <laughs> it was a secret that's on the podcast. Um, yeah, somebody, I know Francis Papillardo was also featured on the podcast. So she had said a long. What? I want to reference her because she said what I'm about to say. She um, one time had spoken about how it's so easy for us to go on Instagram um, and look at, like, we follow the perfect mom that's, like, always got these perfect lunches packed that are, like, avocado, eggs, and, like, grilled chicken. And then it's we also follow, the per- for, like, the perfect fitness woman. And we also follow, you know, the artsy woman that's really good at makeup. And we follow all these people that are really good in their specific lane. And we feel like we have to be a combination of all those things and that we can never measure up to them. Um, which I think comes a lot of the time with, like, having things like, oh, well, if I could just, you know, buy a, a bigger house with a bigger kitchen, maybe I'd want to cook more for my kids or whatever it may be. But... Um, like Matt said, just not getting wrapped up in, in materialism for us has, has been such a blessing because Matt and I's temperaments, for those of you that know temperaments, um, we do both have sanguine compulsive in us. So we are (laughs) very compulsive people. Um, but for us, it has turned rather than compulsively buying things, it has turned into compulsively, compulsively giving. Um, so for us, when we, when we have it on our hearts to be like, hey, you know, there's been plenty of times where we've been away on a trip and a random person comes in, came into our hotel one time and just like off the streets, we could tell he was, you know, homeless and um, we just sat and had a conversation with him and both of us had on our hearts to give and we were able to do that. Just give whatever we felt like was on our heart to give. Um, And sowing those types of seeds is just 
it gives you a, such a almost selfish feeling that is not even comparable to buying a new pair of shoes or whatever because that feeling fades away but us thinking back to when we got to do that and how we were able to do that because we stewarded our money properly for us um that memory and that feeling of knowing like who knows what is going to come from that seed of sowing into someone else's life is just indescribable for us um to be able to say okay how much do we want to bless our family this year for christmas you know how much do we want to give our parents and just being able to give like that is something that we both have always dreamt about but now being in the position to do that is like holy cow do we really need a new car like we can just be able to to give so freely um matt still wants a new car but <laughs> I'm like, you could just keep driving the car. It works. Like, what is the, what is the, what is the problem? That's like, yeah. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it is, it is. But yeah, giving has been, um, such a blessing. I get it, Matt. I'm like that too. And honestly, it, it has been a stronghold in my life too. Um, wanting the, the better things and having this image that you feel like you need to catch up with. But for me, it's because of, Growing up without having any of it, it's almost like you feel like you get to this point and you're like, holy cow, I've earned this. I want this now. But it's humbling yourself and, and becoming more addicted to the pride that you feel having accomplished what you have and paying off the debt and looking at your savings account and your investments account and your giving statements growing. Because for Sean and I, similar to what you were saying, Megan, we always wanted to be if anything happens in the family, who do we call? We call Sean and Kayla because yeah. we know that they'll be able to well, we've help had us. We've happen yeah. pretty recently. Yep. yep, exactly. Um, so it's that, it's that and the system of accountability that Sean and I have strategically placed into our life. Having people like Anthony and Callan who can remind me specifically to bring me back down to earth and say, you don't need X, Y, Z. And we're so honored to have a group of friends specifically sitting around this table who we're recording this podcast with that consistently speak into the things that actually matter and surrounding ourselves with people who have the values that are in alignment with ours tremendously, tremendously helps. And I feel like it's been one of the biggest blessings is that we have people who are in our corner and believe the same things and we can learn from and grow with. Yeah. And one of the things like um, with the, the accountability that we have around this table right here, we've also like for me, like I respect like my sister so much. So I told I tell my sister because she's a family member that is not, you know, like as sitting at this table right now of our goals because I don't want to let her down either. And I want to be able to whatever we want to do for their family, be able to do that. But I want that also external uh, accountability because I do want my family to say, like, I'm proud of you. Like my sister would ask us because she knew that we we're going we we're going to pay off all of K's student um, loans in the month of October. So every time I talked to her, and it was like literally every day, even though I told her it's not happening to the end, middle of the month. So, so you debt free yet? You debt free yet? You debt free yet? And then we got that call that she was so proud of us. And I, like that kind of stuff I love. But also there was a, like I do, uh, so I like, can't, I do like nice things, but I also like the, every single pair of shoes that I bought up until I think three, two months, last month, two months ago for the last five and a half, six years was anywhere from $5 to $30. Um, and now you burn through them a little bit quicker. Or like when I was working in healthcare um, at, with patients, I'd walk about 10 miles a day, I felt like, so I'd go through them faster. But I, even though I wanted the, I still will get them, the Reebok Metcon training shoes, eventually, they're $185. I don't need those right now. So I got the Reebok half-ass shoes for $50. <laughs> you know, like, 
I, so actually, I love those. Cons insulted. No, no. Well, they're the they're the not they're the cheapest version of the Metcons cans, whatever they're called. And I want those so bad, but we're just not there yet. So Coles, the dollar store, the the cheaper rack. I'm okay with that because I know that no matter what, like we're we we're now debt free, but we're putting ourselves in a position to be able to give more and to develop that future for our family. When my wife decides that she wants to have kids, no pressure. But it's going to be there one day. Oh, We're the only one at the table that doesn't have two kids or won't have two kids in the next nine months. So that's fine it's with me. It's a long race. <laughs> a long race. No, just shots fired. I was going to say, I'm going to, um, I got a little jealous, Sean. You said like shop at Kohl's. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm too large to shop at Kohl's. I, I, I can't even like, I can't even buy shoes. Anymore. Demo only shops at Eddie Bauer. Yeah, that's true. That's one of my main spots. It is. <laughs> You got it. I'll say it here. Anthony's Flannels, Demo's Eddie Bauer, Matt's Patagonia, and Sean's L.L. Bean. What, uh, one thing I was going to add, though. Patagonia. That's funny. Patagonia. <laughs> <laughs> was that yours? <laughs> Matt, Matt just. I said it without a mic in case it wasn't funny. No, it was very funny. Patagonia. Um, in regard, you know, Megan, you were talking about blessings. And on that topic, I, I feel like there's a lot of people because of the pressure of society, you feel like you aren't blessed in a lot of certain ways because everyone, you know, from what it looks like on from an exterior perspective and, you know, it, it goes back to that concept of trying to keep up with everyone. So it's almost like you put yourself down and you don't feel blessed. So it's then it's like, well, how can I bless someone else if I'm not even blessed? Where in reality, it's like, well, in order for you to be blessed, you first have to bless someone else. And that was always how, you know, I wanted to live and operate just being very generous with, uh, with anything from tipping to whatever it came down to. I, I remember specifically, and the coolest part for me is being able to now, like being debt free, especially we can even give more. And I remember one time during the height of COVID when everything was shutting down, I like really wanted um, Dairy Queen one night. So I'm like, so we get Dairy Queen and I go there and I, I, I literally just felt like a, a pull and I, I gave the guy a hundred bucks as a tip because I was like, they need it more than me right now. You know, th- we're very blessed in what we have and recognizing that and to be able to then do that when you set yourself up financially and you do... Um, good every day and you handle and you steward your finances properly and you focus on getting yourself right first so you can help to get other people right after that it's a result of you getting your own stuff together i think in in my opinion that's the best feeling in the world and that's why i'm so uh excited to be at this table with all of these winners and and us four couples because it's that vision that goes above and beyond just it's passing the torch of what we've learned. And I, I hope that this podcast is going to do that for people uh, that they can actually, you know, take that value where, where that value is. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I think we're going to wrap, wrap, wrap it up, close it down, put it away in a little while. Two things um, for you guys to talk on. I, I want to close on a few things, but, you know, segueing off of Demo, anything about, and I think you already mentioned generosity, but anything about generosity for the Lukes. And then if everybody could give a few tangible tips, I'm going to kind of give a scaffold after um, for actual tools, but tangible tips of ways that you have found to be able to enjoy your life, but also not spend as much. Because if people think it's two things, it's the, the, the key here 
is finding as good or close to as good of a substitute for significantly less money. That's the key. So tips on that, generosity to the Lukes, roll around, get uh, covered, and then we'll put it in the egg, we'll put it in the breadcrumbs, we'll fry it right up. You didn't do flour first. That's the secret weapon. Oh. Flour, <laughs> egg, breadcrumb. Um, I'll let Matt and Megan, unless Kay has anything to say on the giving part. The one thing I want to say about that is that it just, when you're able to give, it frees you. It's just like a, a burden off of your chest because nothing has that stronghold in your life. Money is not controlling you. Um, but what do you have ahead, Kay? Just for me personally, you kind of had alluded to it earlier, but there was so much fear built into money for me for so long that for a long time giving felt really, really hard. And it wasn't until I allowed Sean and our pastors kind of speak into that and understand that the more that you give, the less fear you have because you realize that it's not the thing that's controlling you. Um, and the money, like I think Matt said it, you're not going to take it with you anyway. What you do with your money is so much more valuable than it's sitting in any account anywhere because it's about the legacy that you're able to create by developing the amount of money that we all want to have anyway, which is just to bless other people, like we've all kind of said. I'll give tangible tips for for living the (laughs) tangible tips for optimal growth after everybody shares their giving. Um, I was just gonna add, um, going off of so Alex, you know, already talked about giving, but in terms of enjoying your lifestyle for a while, I I think we we did go to the other extreme of literally cutting everything enjoyable out of our life uh, for a period of time, and that is also not any way to live because then you'll be miserable. Um, if you literally never take time to, you know, go on a, a vacation to spend quality time together or have a, a nice date night or, you know, do things like that. So for a period of time, we literally did nothing and we just worked, worked, worked. And that was not very good for ourselves or our relationship. Um, so, and, and we just learned that, you know, we don't need to have the luxury vacation right now to enjoy our life and have quality times together. We don't need to spend money on going to the, you know, high end resort right now. We will be able to do those things. So we know why we're delaying those things now. Um, so one of the biggest things was just working things into our, now I don't really look at our finances like we already established. Lauren's <laughs> taking over. Here we go. <laughs> Lauren's taking over the finances. But podcast, I much. will say that my my stronger area was making sure that we don't go too far in the other direction of never enjoying things um, and making sure that we, we take time out, you know, um, to, to enjoy our life, but on our budget at the same time, knowing that we will be able to do a lot of those other things in the future. I don't know if you have anything else. No, Sean, you said you had some tips uh, for uh, optimal growth. I might use so. that after Matt and Megan. We'll see. Though. Okay. Because so Callan said she has they... something to say after that, too. So we'll go with Matt and Megan now. Um, okay. I have two things. So I think wrapping it back around to what Anthony was saying, after you're, if there is anyone listening that is completely debt-free um, and now coming on the other side of that and continuing to steward your money properly and not just saying, well, I'm, def- I'm debt-free and I have this much extra a month. I can just get whatever I want, buy whatever I want. Still maintaining that budget. I mean, like we have talked about, we paid off $255,000 in debt and um, we're still exercising the same principles. It's kind of like, okay, what is our next goal? Because if we don't have a next thing that we're working towards financially, it's kind of like, 
a free for all where you're like, well, I don't really have anything that I'm working towards, so I can spend whatever I want. So for us, it's been, okay, what is going to be the next thing? We want to get X amount of dollars saved. We want to get X amount of dollars in an investment account we have. So there's still goals that we're working towards so that we are still keeping ourselves in check to make sure we're stewarding properly. And something that Matt had said to one of our friends the other day was we were talking about how um, budgeting is 20% knowledge and 80% behavior. And so he was talking about how we learn, you know, our budgeting skills from our parents and how often we just adopt whatever we've learned. And that's where people miss it. They just go into the behavior that they've learned. Um, And he, it was really powerful. He was speaking into the fact that the, this couple that we were talking about could literally change their entire lineage and hundreds of thousands of descendants that that are going to come after them just from changing their behavior. And it was just so powerful because it was like, you can come from wherever you come from, but if you decide that you're going to change your behavior, hundreds and thousands of people that are going to come after you are going to live differently because you chose to change your behavior. So I just thought that was really powerful. Thanks, hon. Yeah, and I got that from John Maxwell. I believe that was out of Today Matters for John Maxwell. And he talks about, you know, a couple that did things the right way and, and raised their kids the right way. And now they have four to 500 descendants that are made of governors and senators and CEOs and accountants and lawyers and doctors. And there was another couple that just didn't do things the right way. They were mischievous. They, they just didn't properly steward their money. They didn't properly steward their lives. And they have, they're known in their town, in their city as derelicts there's like 80 or 90 of them that are in jail. And it's just, it's crazy to think that the decision you're making now isn't necessarily just for you. It's about your family to come. Um, Just going back to giving, giving was very difficult for me. Um, Megan, when I met her, was giving 10% to her church and I thought she was crazy. I thought that she had a mental issue. You know, I was like, there's something wrong with you. Um, You expect me to give 10% of my income, my gross income to, to the church? And I was like, no, you're wild. You're absolutely wild. And that was a journey for me. And some people are listening right now thinking that is wild and that's okay. It's a journey. Um, I ended up getting on board with that for sure because the blessings in our life that came from it were just ridiculous. Um, I hear a lot of time that people say that they don't have enough money to give. And the reality is that 10% is 10% whether you make a million dollars a year or whether you make $10,000 a year. You could give a dollar a week and that could be 10% for you or you could give $1,000 a week and that could be 10% for you. Um, so just starting that, you know, in, in, while you're, while you have less, if you don't give while you have less, you're not going to give when you get more. Um, so in terms of enjoying life at the same time, we believe in, you know, obviously doing a monthly budget, you know, these are some of our tips and takeaways is you need to get on the same page with your significant other. If you're married, um, and you're doing a budget together, you need to sit down and do a budget or dating. Yeah. Yeah. If you're dating. Um, sit down, do a budget together and make sure that you have a plan and a game plan for the upcoming month and you assign every single dollar to a specific location or it's going to go right into the trash or Starbucks, like Callan talked about, pumpkin spice lattes are pretty good, but you know, make sure you have a line item there in terms of enjoying it. We designate money each month towards eating out. We designate money each month towards spending money and we have envelopes and there's cash in the envelopes. And when you run out, you run out and that's it. Um, the good news about it is it's a habit just like anything else. Um, it's going to suck at first. It's going to be painful. It's going to be terrible. But when you when you think about the long-term benefits of it, it's totally worth it to change your habits now so that you could benefit in the future. And eventually it's going to get easier and easier for you. And like Megan was saying, now that we're debt-free and we have money saved, 
I still cringe sometimes where I'm like, oh, should I get guacamole at Chipotle? Or should I get double chicken for two twenty-five? Oh my god, this coffee's three dollars and ten cents. And I feel like guilty in a health it's a healthy type of guilt. Like I'm I still need to steward my money properly because it's become a habit for us. And that's it for us. Um, yeah, I, I don't have too much to add to that. I agree with everything that everyone has said. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, my biggest personal takeaway, I guess, has been um, just like freeing myself of like feeling like I am not a good mom if I don't get the newest best thing for my kids. And like kids are very easy. They're like ha- literally happier playing with boxes and cardboard boxes and things and, and shoelaces than the expensive things anyway. Um, and so it's like that, you know, they just want your attention and for you to play outside like that. And just realizing that those are the things that are important and finding, um, like inexpensive ways to like still have fun and still do things or still have like, like, you know, we had a pizza night last night with like pizza from the store and, or we'll make pizza and like do stuff together like that as a family or, um, you know, cook dinner together and make it like fun and, and, now it's almost like we look at it and we're like, you know how much this would be at a restaurant? And we're like, we have fun figuring out like how much money we have saved. That was last night with the pizza. <laughs> and it's really just like a mindset shift and it becomes fun. Cause for a long time I was like, I felt like bogged down by it and mad about it. Um, but once I was able to kind of change my first Anthony's heavy nodding, um, You're nodding out. <laughs> But once I was able to change my perspective on it and realize that like every time I just spend on whatever I want, that I'm like taking money away from <clears throat> our future selves and our, our you know, our children and what they can do in the future. It was just, it puts everything in perspective for me and it, it becomes fun to save and to not be like crazy. Like, it's not like I, we don't do anything and we don't get enjoyment out of anything. Like Christmas is really big for me and, but it's budgeting. We starting last year, we put envelopes together starting in January of, of 2020 so that when we got to now, we already have the money aside. And so it's not like you get to December and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm spending all this money. Cause that's what we used to do. And Anthony would be so frustrated. Like, do you need to spend thousands, Callan? And I'm like, honestly, I do. So, so the <laughs> way around it was <laughs> just saving and putting, making that a line item. Cause it's not to, oh, we can't celebrate and we can't give people gifts. It's like, how can we make this work? And it was having a, a line item for Christmas. So we put money aside every month for that. Yeah, um, so I'm going to go bounce back a few steps, but then, like, connect the dots moving forward. So, and Bounce and connect. Go I'm ahead. I'm bouncing right now. So, bounce, connect, dance. <laughs> I'm, oh, you want to dance? I'm not sure. Watch me. Watch, watch me. me. Oh, Ooh, watch me. Watch me. Um, but in 2017, when Kay and I, we decided that we were going to get married um, in 2016 because we got engaged. And then 2017 is really when we started to focus on starting to save our money because, one, we had no money before then. So, thankfully, we were able to start – to think about saving money in 2017 and we had things going for us we were doing well um we then we get into 2018 and earlier before that in the at the end of 2017 we talked to anthony and callan about buying a car and we had talked to them about what this car would be because we had not we didn't have any cash like the demos and leaves are talking about cars with cash i could buy a matchbox car (laughs) <laughs> if I wanted a Tesla, I was buying that $20 Matchbox car, but we couldn't. We just didn't have money for, for it. So we needed to finance a car. So we talked to Anthony and Callan, whatever. That was at the end of 2017. They agreed on the specific car, the specific deal, terms, everything. 
Couldn't find anything. That car ended up not working out. Fast forward to 2018 in February. In my head, I'm like, Anthony already said that, you know, we can get a car for this loan. And we didn't check with him. We didn't not, when I say check, we just run what are what we're thinking by them and then they give us their in, insight and advice based on their experience in finance. Um, and we didn't do that and you know, we didn't get the best deal on that car. Th- thankfully we didn't get like crazy screwed. But if we would have checked, we would have been in a much better position and we wouldn't have been set back. We would have paid off our debt. That would have been another $10,000 out of our debt. So we would have paid off all of our debt about two months ago instead of of this month. So thinking about that and then looking back um, in 2017, that's when we started to save the money. Yeah, we bought the car in 2018, but it was just in the last almost three years of listening to somebody that has the financial wherewithal and that the, the um, they're financially sound themselves to give us the proper advice. Cause Anthony is about to be a Dave Ramsey coach, a financial <laughs> coach. If you didn't listen to that before, um, but listening to them over then that's how we were able to save for our wedding and pay off all that debt in just three years. So $200,000. So you'll see the Dave Ramsey post with these people holding this off in 18 months. I paid off all this debt. That's what we had with Anthony and Callan when we finally leveraged it properly and we leveraged those people in our life, we were able to pay off those $200,000 from our jobs, our business, and then just, it's just so freeing. And now Kay and I don't have to really, the finance was the, one of the biggest struggles for us in 2014. It's now one of the biggest blessings for us in 2020. So Love it. Uh, in terms of tips, one of the biggest things that comes to my mind first is is well before actually all these tips that everyone gave, which are you know really great tips. Basically, Dino said they're not good as mine, and <laughs> not as good as mine. I was I was coming at it from a mindset perspective. L- listen, everyone Unreal. knows that a Greek person's tips are better than everyone else's tips. <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> Cypriot. Okay, get it right. Well, that's why Dino's for us the tips. So, oh, Lance Bass. Um, I I and. <laughs> Lance Bass, <laughs> unreal. The the root of all uh, evil for money is comparison, and I think one of the biggest switches that we need to make in terms of a tip is getting out of that comparison mode, which we've been talking about, because that will parlay and lead into all these really uh, good decisions and tips that were just given. And you know, for me, especially like now being at a point where. We've gotten rid of all of our debt. When you still have that mentality where you're still not comparing, it helps continue the process of what you were doing, but it now just accelerates it. Mm-hmm. And um, just, uh, you know, now that just thinking about it as a, you know, for people that are struggling, because I, I remember we had multiple credit cards at one point with different amounts on it. And what a lot of people do is they try to budget and they try to figure it out like, hey, what do I put on this? And, you know, you finally get to a point where you pay off a card and then you go, great, now I have more money to spend at like, you know, go out to eat or something like that. And what I always did is I took whatever payment, I kept parlaying it into my other payments and it was just a, it was a way easier uh, effect that could occur and way faster. So I was just, in my mind, it was always going towards that. And until everything was paid off, that money was allocated to make it happen quicker. Love it. Well, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it down. We're going to we're going to wrap it, put it down, dig it up, put it back, wrap it up again, right, Sean? Yeah. Yes. 
and flour it and flour it. Nice, Meg. Good okay. Job. Did you thin it? Did you? Did you? Make I thinned it. it. I oh, thinned it. You tenderized it's, it. Uh, yep. 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 I thinned it in a middle-aged man's hair. Okay. So. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. I, Matt says. I, laughing right now hurts, but that was. I that was good, good, right? That, that was, was good. good. That was good. All right, I have a bunch good. of things I'm going to close down with. First and foremost, closing it down. I want to mention something that's an interesting thing, and I want I want to pose this to you as a listener as a question. It's okay to talk about what you spent, what you bought, what you wear, but it's not okay to talk about what you gave, the generosity that you had, or what you saved. And think about that, because people will go, oh, you're bragging about giving. You think you're... No, no, no one's saying they're self-righteous. I didn't I didn't judge you for posting your designer shoes and bag, but if we can talk about money, we have to be able to talk about all aspects of money. You know, and if we're going to talk about healthy principles, or if we... To be able to talk about healthy principles, we need to be able to talk about that. So that's one thing. Let's talk about some... Um, Count two. Let's talk about some tangible takeaways. Number one, Matt said something way earlier, a long, long time ago, in a world far away ago, if you can remember. He said, I'd love to know how much money is left in your budget. And Matt was saying it as a euphemism because he knows that we none of us have any money left in our budget every month because we utilize a system called zero-based budgeting. If you don't assign... And in the beginning of the month, and you want to look up Dave Ramsey, you should read The Path by Peter Malouk for financial investing and understanding from, and I'm not a financial advisor, just a great book. Um, you should talk about Dave, you should look into Dave Ramsey, you should look into some of those different things. Some, he has some great books, free resources. But zero-based budgeting means that you have a certain amount coming in, you decide what's going to happen to it ahead of time. Yeah. You don't wait till you get it. And you don't look at your bank account to see how much money you have. That's what that envelope system that Matt and a few people had mentioned is, that I have X number of dollars for food. Otherwise, every time you get a raise, it disappears because it just goes into the operating account and disappears to nowhere. So you have to have zero-based budgeting. Number two, you're looking to live your life and enjoy. Again, like Lauren said, it's not this – uh, no one's asking you to be Diogenes, which probably nobody knows, but the guy in Greece that would walk around with a burlap sack and sleep under a tree. No one's telling you to have nothing and to do nothing. What we're saying is before you buy something, take some time to ask yourself a question. Do I need this? Is there a better way that I could do this? Get it. What this becomes becomes creativity. Stewardship is saying what's the best way I can accomplish this in front of me. Number three, seven baby steps. Look up, Google it, seven baby steps. The first is getting $1,000 aside. The second is to start to use the debt snowball, which is a similar thing that Demo mentioned in the negative end, that if you don't do it, which is you get your smallest debt, pay it off, take all that money, pay off the next, and then you can pay more and more per month towards these bigger and bigger debts. Vitally important. Our industry in general, and many industries, they... Whether it be intentional or not, I'm not here to judge people's intent. They will make decisions or make recommendations and and build cultures around behaviors that are unhealthy. And that's one of the main things why we want to make sure that we teach people proper financial stewardship. Because here's the reality. Right now, everyone listening here, for the most part, you trade your time for dollars in some type of an industry with a job. Every time... You buy something, you need to realize if time equals money, time equals money equals car. 
Time equals money equals coffee. Time equals money equals clothes. Time equals money equals vacation. So you didn't buy, you didn't spend $600 a month on that car payment for 72 months. You spent two years of your life away from your wife, your kids, your husband, and other things you could be doing. You didn't buy that car with money. You bought that with that someone else's money that you could have given and helped them with it, time from your family. So it's not about living in this way that we never enjoy what we do. It's about realizing the implications of our decisions and realizing that the compound interest of our, put, our putting our money aside and building a foundation. Most of us here listening are not going to be billionaires. We're not going to live a life where we reach that pinnacle of influence and money and success financially, but we certainly can set up our kids and our family members and our generations to have the understanding of not only the money to stand on, but the understanding of how to manage it, the understanding of how to invest it, the influence that can ripple through generations like Megan had talked about earlier can impact so many people's lives. So when we do, and we don't need to get so deep. You have spending money, you buy stuff, you do things, but make sure that as you're spending money, you realize that you're spending that with your time and make sure that your decisions that you're making are strong. So hopefully this was helpful. I think that's I it, right? That I don't want to, you won't, and you only every went time. through two of the seven steps. So I didn't know if you were Oh planning. no, look them up. Okay, look, got look, it. Look those puppies up. Don't worry about it. Look them up. Yeah, I know them too, but look them up. Look them up. Do you want, you want to go back and forth in that? I dare you. No, I know you do. I know you do. I'm just busting your chops. So, um, yeah, I think that's it, right? That's another episode of... Wrap it up. Extra. Ordinary. Excellence. I Say the tagline, Nemo. Oh, shoot. You're on I'm, this podcast I'm on the enough. spot now. Uh, doing, right? No. Wow, we just skipped everything. <laughs> turn around, turn around. Turn around so you can read it. <laughs> That's not even the real tagline, but here, here it is, Demo. Read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. All right, he's done. That's it, guys. Sorry, the microphone got stuck in Demo's hair. The last, his hairy chest. The last thing I'm gonna say is Zeno of Cyprus. Zeno of Cyprus, famous Stoic. Boom.